This is Spring Trading Tuesday. Same lovable ESPN Chicago host, but paired with different radio partners. How are we going to work this? Same way we always do. I interrogate him, you write it down. Spring Trading Tuesday continues on ESPN Chicago. Trading has been a lot of fun with Hoodie and me, and it will continue for crosstalk with Black and Yurko. And then Cap and Carmen's going to be great. Tyler and Meller, six to eight. Right. Boys, what's going on? Oh, you know, Yurko's happy with me. I gave, him a, home, I gave him a homework assignment about 30 minutes ago. Yep. He wasn't thrilled with that, but well, I think no, we're going to have a nice show. Not I that think I wasn't thrilled good. to do the requisite <laughs> amount of, of work and study. I would need more than 30 minutes to analyze four quarterbacks, especially with the Chicago Bears not drafting a quarterback. Correct. Most of my work early on has been on offensive and defensive lines right. because that's where the Bears need the most help. That's right. So when... When my guy Black shared with me in our eleven fifteen meeting, uh-huh. hey Yerk, this is what I'm going to ask of you today, and I'm like, sweet mother of what? I said, how about a little bit of heads up? How about a text in the AM? I just thought of it. I just thought of it. I know, and that's how it happened. It was sometimes. a train thought. I was Sometimes on the train. I was listening. I was like, this is what we you. should do. And so what we did, boom! I put forward a, a quick analysis. Took a look at about oh ten minutes of film on each individual, trying to avoid Austin P tape. Trying to avoid Middle Tennessee tape, mm-hmm. trying to involve, uh, get rid of any games that happen to be against uh, Vanderbilt or any such of the bottom feeders We're in the Southeast about real Conference. Teams. You know, it's tough with about Alabama. Real teams, real competition. It's tough with Alabama. They have a yeah. lot of spotty oh, weeks boy. where yeah. it's just My not competitive. What kind of games, schedule is so, that? You know, it's, it's like it's every team in Tennessee is on a Division One schedule. Yes, every Middle Tennessee, Southwest Eastern Tennessee, Tennessee State is there. Uh, Austin Pay is in Tennessee. All right. Western Tennessee University of Southern Illinois is Tennessee. What? Every Tennessee team that you could find. Well, you know that's how you build a weight room, pal. Well, of course. You gotta, gotta have that. <laughs> Cash and checks, protect <laughs> the equipment. Let's get out of here healthy. That's it. <laughs> exactly right. Get on the bus and just get home. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a, a 1AA team coming in or whatever they call it, the non-football championship series now. It's nothing wrong with going to cash checks. Eastern Illinois cash checks over the course of a lifetime. That's what you need to do. Sure. Come in, play for about $800,000. Right. It's a short trip up to play the Fighting Illini. Beat the big check. Head back down to Charleston. And boom, the next thing you know, you got some new uh, uh, New York 45-pound plates in there. Now, be Looks careful. fantastic. Light bulbs are starting to work again. Now, be careful. Be careful. Don't let them beat you now. Don't take the check and then lose. It's happened. Oh, well, it's Northern Iowa against Iowa. I think that happened. Yes. I think we had Appalachian State, University of Michigan. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Southern Illinois and Northwestern uh, yeah. this year. That's, yeah. that we we this took the check oh, and the win. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Who's the underdog in that situation? Uh, yeah. What's oh. Who's the underdog in that situation? <laughs> we were winless, too, going I, into the game. Well, it's Chicago's, not like we came in with like, this go hot cats. record. You know what? Let me just say something about SIU, about your people and Carbondale. Let me just tell you something right now. You make it seem like you're just the little sisters of the poor, the little try-hard oh, team. No, we're not Can I tell you something? You're a stone throws away from the Ozarks. 
Okay, and so we know what the hell was happening there. Mobbed up. What are you saying? Oh, yeah. Mob school? How much, what? How much heroin did you sell down there? <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, what we want to know. accused of having a mob I'm, school. I'm just, I'm just saying, you're close mm-hmm. enough, man. I mean, there's Missouri State, you know, because it's right there in the Ozarks of Springfield, Missouri. I mean, Jim Hart, right there. Jim Hart went there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're not some careful. small school. Be you guys were producing quarterbacks before Scott. you stopped. Yeah. Before you stopped. Brandon Jacobs. Oh, yeah, running back. Who's the family black down there? For the Ozarks, the uh, well, yeah, the show? It's, yeah. Uh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, the, um, the, the family that Marty Bird, Bird. Yeah. Mark, the Bird the family, family. Yeah. the Bird family, yeah. the, the Bird family knows very much oh, about what's going on with biggest, SIU. Hey, biggest contributors to Southern Illinois University athletics, the Bird family. Oh yes, I believe so. Oh, oh, yeah, you know, oh yes, you're right. You just spilled all over yourself. <laughs> hey, the big sofa went down to Southern Illinois too. Damon Jones, Damon Jones. Yeah. I'm Facebook friends with Damon Jones. The big sofa. I should let you know. You know why we call him the big sofa? In Jacksonville, in between the locker room and the training room, there was an area where the players had and they had some couches and sofas in there. He'd be after, on after every practice, the big sofa get right there. Damon Jones, where can you find him? Big sofa. He's on the sofa. So they called him the big sofa. Anytime you make a catch, man, look at the big sofa. The big sofa, man. I mean, you, great, you, I mean, that's a great nickname. I mean, this guy, like, it really is Mr. Saluki. I mean, he he runs, he runs, rolls in there with the family at you. UIC. And, of course, the Flames had no, no shot. I mean, it's just... I, you just see it Sylvie there. It did go down to the wire, though. Yeah, it was tough, though. It's tough because SIU's a better kids, ball club. Kids are wearing the propaganda. Yeah, they yeah. Got the yeah. SIU well, just stuff the idea. Up. Like, yeah, he really is Mr. Saluki. He comes yeah. in there, just glad hands everybody. I don't sure know if Sylvie even watched five minutes of the game. He, he's, he, he's there. Yeah. He's glad handing with everybody. I'm a Saluki. Yeah. I'm a Saluki. I'm a Saluki. I'm a Saluki. It's right? an Egyptian right? war dog. Right? Saluki. Right? Shaking everybody's hand. I'm like, what about the game? How about <laughs> advertising you gave, at the uh, stage? speech, right? Not this game, no. Oh, but we did we did, we, we, we did talk to Brian Mullins <laughs> in the locker room before the game. Oh, uh, like Brian okay. Mullins. He's a good guy. We did sit with the chancellor for uh, the game, uh, too. Uh, yeah. Anybody yeah. have the kids in the hands? Do we have any pictures? We uh, do. Yeah, we did. Everybody's we, arms. Lance Jones. Beautiful. Yeah, Damask. We, we, yeah. Yeah, when those kids, your kids Sparky. get married, you're going to have that like that the picture book, you know? All the times they were in the hands of different men. I mean, that's wonderful. <laughs> I can't wait for the children to see that. To draw a line, huh? My dad was famous. He's <laughs> Sylvie. That's right. That's it's going to be great. Everybody's looking for Sylvie. That's right. Braxton's going to have Sylvie's his own show. here. Oh. My dad, he was a big deal in Chicago. That's he was right. great. Let me tell you right now. He was a great big Am big I going to be dead then? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yes. yeah. You'll be a goner yeah. by that. And Braxton will be stern. <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, I'll be taking dirt naps. <laughs> I'm so misunderstood. You'll be looking down from the sky going, boy, that kid's nothing like me. He's got talent. I mean, he took me everywhere. I just wanted to be home. He took me everywhere. It was unbelievable. You're, my oldest is just like me, though. Is he? It's like the nature, the nature thing. One, one of them I is always cursed. I don't, I, it is. <laughs> I am getting what I deserved because I did this to my parents. Yeah. And I don't act this way Especially around my oldest. Your mom. He was watching a, the Southern game the other day. Yeah. And and Drake went on this run, and oh. he was cursing out the referees. Okay. He was cursing out the players. How, how old? Eight. Eight? Like, and not, not literally how, how many swearing. swear words? Oh, not he doesn't swearing, have? Oh. but like, getting really mad. Tell him to mix and, in a few. Like tears and like <laughs> getting angry. And I'm like, Mace, what, what's going on here? Like, 
Let's settle down. Yeah. Like, it's just a game. Yeah. And I don't I don't act that way in front of them. And you could tell it's it, it must be nature. Yes. It's you. <laughs> it's it's, it's you. my DNA. Yes. Well, it is he's, he's that's seen, the way I used to act. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's seen you that way watching yeah. teams now. As, as no, you, I no, don't baby. act that way really? in front of him. No. When you were like babysitting the kids, yeah, you know, what, what, like, Allie was small. out, you know, maybe getting a pedicure, manicure type yeah. thing. You're watching the kids screaming at if he's eight. one of the baseball, uh, Aramis Ramirez for striking well, out was, in a key uh, situation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the 2000, That's when your kids would have been small. So eight, so what year was he born? He was 14. born in, so he oh. was there in those early years in the when 16. the Cubs were, were oh, on boy. their way we're, up. We're trying to ascend, there yes. Were, there were some tense moments in that of run. Of course there were. Yeah, Chris Bryant. He came out on top, but... I mean, I'm sure he he heard, he saw, Yelling he Jason absorbed for just what was being going on. Sponge. Yes, right. Yeah, another Dude. double play to roll out the second base. You're, you're pacing around and screaming Hayward. about the Cardinals. I'm We're coming for you, Cardinals. <laughs> the whole thing. We're yeah. coming for you. <laughs> I remember the rants. He got he, he he was aware of it. He's no different than you were as a kid watching Cubs baseball on Channel Nine. Yeah, and Brick saying and, and Kingman and, 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 and Suter and, and Brick saying the unhappy total. The Phillies defeat the Cubs 7-1. F you, Jack. I don't want to hear any more unhappy totals. 23-22. We want to hit. We want to hit. I did that, chance. It's a good reference. 23-22. Uh, the Phillies game. Really yes. game yeah. You know what? While you're doing the show, put it on YouTube. Call it up. It's right there. Oh, I know. The I've seen right it. Oh, I've great. seen it. Yeah. Phillies scored seven in the first inning, and the Cubs came right back with six in the bottom of the and first. And the wind was blowing out. You knew oh, there was yeah. going to be a party at Wrigley Field Mike that day. Mike Schmidt and Kingman oh, and Buckner. Oh, yeah. Billy Buck, my favorite Cub player of all time. I know. Number I've got 20 jersey, right? I got the jersey, you man. You still have it? Yeah. 22? 22. Uh, Double uh, deuce. Will you wear that? it for opening day? No, I won't. I'll wear my Steve Traxel jersey. It's to the pitchers, the old school pitchers that took forever uh, to pitch. Yes. Before the pitch clock. I'm bringing the Traxel jersey out. What would he time in at? What, what kind oh, of clock hours. would he need? Four hours. What, what kind of uh, shot clock would he need I think pitching? It, the, the great story of him was he was pitching on the day they had the air show. And every time a plane flew over, <laughs> he'd be off looking at yes. yes. Don't they realize Steve Traxel's pitching today? Yes. This damn air show, what's so going on? Is this going to be the great comeback uh, of uh, all-time baseball this summer? Is this the, the pitch clock? Is this going to bring the youth back if, if in both, masses? If both teams right. in this town stink... Nothing's going to bring baseball oh, back. All right. So they, but it's okay. a snappy game now. No, it's it really snappy. It's snappy. It's, it's quick. They, Take they, a look. Clocking in at Don't two hours and thirty eyes. minutes. Don't blink your eyes. It's over. Yeah. Well, you're then, getting what you wanted, Chris. Yeah. You're getting what you wanted. You mm-hmm. said you got to be more action on the base paths, movement, and more movement. So you're getting what you wanted. Yeah, that's what and we when, need. And yeah. when concession sales are down 40%, yeah. they're going to be living. Right. The management's going right. to be living. Uh, apparently, I, I read an article yesterday. I think it was in Baseball Insider that they went to the um, – because it was in the minors last year, the pitch clock, right? Yes. They went to the minors, and they asked about the concession sales. And I guess the sales weren't that different based on the shorter game times, that people still find a way – to drink as much as they they want, or, or binge eat, drinking, or, or yeah. yeah, like I, I, think it's just, I think yeah. it's just faster drinking is is what we're seeing now. Yeah, two fisted, um, right? But two yeah, I think I, I always tailgate. I fist in the park. I mean, fist. I drink in the park. Well, I, I, I need I'm coming on. I need that. Yeah, I'm coming on. on.
What is that? Hey, Charlie, there you go. There's I your drink in the parking lot. Double <laughs> fisting. Oh, Carmen so double Jericho. fisting. Oh, wow. Here goes Final fisting word. in the parking wow. lot. Two drinks at a time. Two drinks at a time. I'm coming on. Double fisting. But big babouche. I'm typing fast because I'm all horned up. Wow. The big babouche guy. Got, 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 got a lot of room there, huh? Oh, you guys are funny. Well, I'm just asking. <laughs> Comedians. Apparently, a lot of room Second there. Second it came out of my mouth, I said, I can't. It's over. He said, you go fisting in the park. All right. That's the final word uh, brought to you by Bath Planet today. So, Yerk, we'll hear that again uh, right oh, before I, 2 I o'clock. Think I, I think that I thing imagine. is going into the yeah. system and never going to be lost. The Hall of Fame. That that thing is right Rush up there. talk unhinged. That's where that one's going to go. Straight there. You brought it up, pal. I understand. Yeah, so what were you, you doing? You, you were drinking in the park. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I was double fisting in the park. <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I don't care who you found. <laughs> I don't want to know this anymore. Is, is that the strangest location for you? Where, in the parking lot? Yeah, in the oh, park. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously it is. Anytime Obviously. you tailgate, that'd be the craziest place to do it. Now, do you, and again, you move the car where? Do you move it? Like away from the other cars? Or do yeah. you like to put on Behind a Behind the trucks. You know how they usually okay. have a couple of trucks in the corner? <laughs> That's where you'd want to go ahead okay. and park the car Okay, there. so that way there's a, you, there's a blind spot there. Privacy. Privacy. The trailers without the, yeah. the cab on the front. Oh, right. You yeah. know, they're just lined and up the there tracks in the back. are behind you. <laughs> behind the flatbed yeah. and the pickup. A little bit of privacy all over the place. I see. Yeah. I see. Where do you like to fit? <laughs> Nowhere, right? No. I'm coming on <laughs> Miller Lite. It's a no fisting zone. Or top of <laughs> top of Chico water. What are you doing? <laughs> Though with these, you know, like no one would know. That was <laughs> cavernous. I see. I'm like that's a finger. No, not a finger. <laughs> How about that, Yerk? I said when he picks his eye, he's got to use the whole fist. You use the whole fist. Yeah. Right? Okay. Right. Get a contact out. He used the whole hand. <laughs> I'm just That's here listening. Great. I don't know. That's fantastic. I don't know. I love that. You know, I said this so to Waddle. <laughs> they have to extend the beer sales through the ninth. Yeah, it's an antiquated rule. Seventh. Yes. It's an antiquated rule. Oh, no. Oh. We have to cut it off. Because we care about you. Yeah, because you have to sober up. But by the way... Uh, the bullpen bar is open yeah. till an hour yeah. after the yeah. game. Yeah. That's right. Or, by the way, uh, go check out the Captain Morgan Club, club. right yeah. after the game. Or, by the way, yes. check out, you know, go to the Crown Royal Club. Yeah, you like all the yeah. clubs. The Smirnoff Club, right. the United club. Center, go to the Brew Pub after the Carol game. One club. There are many places <laughs> you can drink in the stadiums uh, after the seventh inning or after the fourth quarter or after the third period. Um, but. They're cutting off these beer sales because that's the way it was in the 70s. Right. I will give you credit. You're the only person I've heard that's, like, fighting this cause to, no, to a, remove yeah, to like, remove the beer, it, the beer sales from the 7th to the ninth inning. It's, You're it's the only common sense. I, it really no, is <laughs> common sense. Like, who are they saving anyone from? Themselves. Um, they're probably saving themselves from, like, the father the, with kids. The litigation. Yeah, because so, like, here, here's my thought. A young person who's planning on going out after is just going to go out after. Right. So, like, I don't think it right. really affects a young person. Um, so I, I think you're, you're talking to dads who may overindulge, who have then in their custody kids that have to get home. Well, yeah. they shouldn't Those are drink the anyway. If you're driving home, you shouldn't be drinking. That's sure, correct. but you know what happens. Or, you know what I mean? 
Like, I'm talking about for the responsible people. Oh, I understand. But I think for me, when I go to guarantee rate, it's before the game is the first, bottom of the fifth. And if it extends out, it'll probably be during seventh inning stretch. That'll be my last beer. The problem is if you yeah. get that 14-inning game, like I got down in Houston. Mm-hmm. Houston, you get that 14-inning game. Beer yeah. sales quit the seventh inning of so the World Series game. Oh, no. Oh, no. We they weren't can- sitting there. Seventh inning came. They know where across the street to the bar. Oh, I well. watched the rest of the game across the street with Bill Self, who was also there for that game. Bill Self across the street in the bar. Yurko and Rob from the registry across the street in the bar. How is this hair? Still perfect. Glorious. Perfect. Still Did perfect. You touch it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't need to touch it. I can just it's see perfect. it. Yeah. Did you fist it? <laughs> no. I hope, Sylvie. Your little small hands. <laughs> and anything. It's me double fisting in the parking lot. Do you remember back in the day? Uh, with some of those big Hawks games, I remember the Kings game. There was a Kings yeah. game that went double or triple overtime right. in the postseason, <laughs> and the Hawks lost. Right? No, I think King I thought, won. wasn't it. A, wasn't it a Nick Letty uh, shot went off Letty in front and went into the uh, in the in the net? One of those years uh, where they didn't go to the Stanley Cup. Maybe in fourteen. Are you thinking of Game Seven? Could be. I, I'm talking about like one of the years they they won when they won. And, like, there would be the intermission because, remember, beer sales would stop before the end of the third period. And so you would have, like, a a weekend game with high stakes. And then, like, the intermissions would be so mellow because everybody was coming off of their their buzz. And it would be like you'd be walking around the intermission. Everyone would be tired. Everyone would be coming off their buzz because there was no beer sales going. If you went to the if you went to the Crown Royal Club, what it is now, you'd see Maria and Carrie in there, and you can get whatever you wanted. No matter what. That's why it's hypocritical. Mm -hmm. You literally walk in, and your cocktails were waiting for you. Yes, that's the way it needs to be. Ah, uh, cocktails. Cocktails. Love cocktails. Ah, uh, nothing like that. It's the only way it works. No fruit, thank black. you. No, don't it. waste the fruit ah, on me. I love it. Ah, I don't have scurvy. You leave the lemons and limes out of my cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No scurvy you here. Don't, you don't get the fruit in the cocktail. No, don't. I don't waste it, especially at the price of that now. I saved the bar a little bit of money. Well, isn't that the, the also uh, the, the germ side of things is that the... The lime, the oh, lemon on the bar, the that those are just... Guys, I eat chicken wings in the bathroom. I mean, come on. Well, yeah. You guys yeah, know germs not, don't bother me. But like, they're not sitting in a dish <laughs> yeah. that hasn't been cleaned. Well, isn't that, the, people, if people isn't that what people bowl? always say is the, yeah. the, the, the fruit that they put in your drink, take it out. Yeah, because well, it, I never put it in. But it's already been in the drink. I tell them yeah, no. Yeah, but the but longer it marinates, no. that's yeah. the problem. You don't I tell want them no. Five second rule in there. Yeah, the yeah. five second rule. No Charlie, lime. You're a bartender. No lemon. No yeah, orange. Garden. The only place I get is the orange peel in in a uh, old fashioned. Yeah, well, old fashioned. Right. You go throw that in and give me that big, nice red cherry. Right. Uh, dark, dark one. Charlie, like a, how clean is Luxardo's? Oh, dark. Very clean. It's very clean. I doubt that. Oh no, we—it's always very clean at Zanies. I can tell you that. Okay, at Zanies, <laughs> at Zanies. It's very clean at, at Zanies. Zanies it's Are you the one cleaning the fruit? He's promoting right yes. now. Yes. Okay. What about olives in the martini? Yeah. Are those cool? <laughs> uh, not they for me. An odd number. If it's yours, yeah, yeah, if, you, if you drink a martini, yeah, go for yeah. it. If, if it's uh, like I like a dirty martini to start the night, sure. I get down on them. So those are drink one. whatever you Listen, like. Listen, personal yeah. preference for yeah. me. I just ask for I, I'm talking the about cost, factor. The cost of lemons and limes. 
for a bar. I like that you're the going through the, the bar. Roof. I'm sitting there. Right. I don't like want to help you. I'm not looking at the I'm not going to save the money. And the first thing you see people usually is take it out and just put it on the bar. Right. Well, if you don't want it, say you don't want it. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I'm like, wow. I mean, you save about 20 bushels of lemons and limes a year for the bar. That's their profit margin right there. That's yeah. whether they come back next year See or that? not. He's John Taffer. He's bar That's rescue guy. That's yeah. who bar he is. rescue, exactly. The greatest thing I ever heard him do is from the dance floor to come out to the bar, yep. an area of congestion that people can meet there. That yeah. guy was a genius. Oh, he's yeah. on John Taffer? It was a he genius. Knows. That's where the people meet. That's, That's where, they, where meet. they bump into This each is other. filthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shut it down. It's the temperature on your chicken. Throw it out and close the place down. You've got roaches. Roaches. Shut it down. I know you've been going through a lot. We've okay, said with spy. your family. With yeah. your family. I understand you've been going through a lot. Well, when they send a spy in, you know. Oh, oh I love spy. when they send a spy in. Yerk, there's nothing like a spy. He comes in there, sees how dirty the place is, and then Taffer comes in and cleans out the place. Then it, Yeah. Then it's all the same. Uh, we gave you a new point of sale system. Yes. Oh. And everything is sponsored by this bourbon, Bullet Bourbon, because they pay a lot of money to my show. Oh. So now we've got Bullet Bourbon everywhere. Oh, yay! We're going to have a soft opening. Soft opening. John, thank you so much for, for saving our business. Yes. You saved our business. Tears in the eye. The boss is out getting cranked with all the <laughs> bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got to watch a bar rescue. Good oh, stuff. Oh, that's yeah. 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 oh, religiously regular. Oh, oh, he's great. a little hardcore for yeah. me. Yeah. Well, yeah, was he a big cat on one of the episodes? I think he was yes. a guest star yeah, once. Yeah. Yeah. Buzzy, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, well, but, anytime the big stool's on, I love to watch it. Oh, Bar cat, big stool. I just call him cats. <laughs> Yeah. He's got the biggest stool of them all. Yeah, I want yesterday, you know when, when he said, uh, when he mentioned to you guys about owing Peter King, oh, Peter King owes him money, and you're like, should we ask him? And his response of, no, 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 no don't do that. He'll get okay. mad. That, that, was, that was funny. I didn't know if he was on the good side or bad side of Peter King. Sounds like he's uh, not Ooh, a happy camera. Where was he? At Jackson, Cleveland, and he's down about six, seven k and he needed a little juice, and so he went to the bar cat for it? I mean, what, what happened? Was, what was the no, story? It was like cheeseburgers. Like, they went to to, to get in and out or something, I think is what he said. And they had no money. And, and I mean, what is it? Sixty. He bucks? bought Peter King's food, and then Peter King didn't pay him back. So he reminds him that uh, he owes him fifteen bucks. Well, when you pick up the tab, you're <laughs> like, "Hey, do I owe you?" And if you say, "Don't say anything," then it got bought for you. <laughs> I man. thought that was funny, though. No, don't ask him. Don't ask him. That's Maybe funny. Peter King just needs to pick up a tab, or oh, yeah. you know, send a send a case of. Uh, I get it. He's start another few. Yeah, I get it. He's stressed. He writes a lot. There's a lot of words. I don't start with you, Chief. It's a the, lot. The guy hey, writes 13 pages when the assignment was five. What do you it's mean I lot. started? I'm starting. Uh, well, you I don't start you, anything. Yes, you did. No, you, you started a big Peter Between King who? feud. Between well, who? Well, for years you were between going who? after Peter King. Between who, though? You said, you said he was going to start with you between two people. He was, and he admitted it. It was an unnecessary feud. You know what he did? He apologized to his audience. That's what he did. And in apologizing to his audience, he apologized to me. And I'm like, okay, a mea culpa. A mea culpa. Now, we've had him on the show. But I knew what was happening when it was happening. You know what he was guilty of? His own excellence. He was. He's never wrong. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to take it back and you're going to say I was wrong? No, siree. <laughs> Guilty. They got to him. Guilty of his own excellence. <laughs> What's going on?
Albert you Einstein. don't know what's going on. I'm letting you know. Nobody gets a free pass here. Not no. in the Yurkovich household. No, no sirree. <laughs> if you're guilty, you're guilty. It's charged. We have the... Uh... <laughs> This is the people's court. Yeah, <laughs> this is a case of being guilty of your own excellence. We, we have right. the uh, yes. 25th anniversary show coming up. Uh, oh, I what, can't wait. What, are we going to have a, a segment or a portion of the program that day dedicated to the best feuds? Can we celebrate that? Well, is that I possible? Mean, yeah, just I, think that's good. Good. I think that's good. Like uh, 10 minutes. Can we do 10 minutes on the best feuds? I think we need more Throughout than that. station history? I think we need more than that. Yeah, a lot I mean, of them involve Sylvie and every... I mean... <laughs> really? Sylvie versus everybody. Get the yeah. sweatshirts now. You've been in your chair <laughs> Sylvie, today. Sylvie versus America. <laughs> you versus Nick. You versus me. Against Nick. What problem Poor did you? I have with Nick? You put Nick through hell Nick at the station. Nick deserves it. deserves it in your own mind. You know what you are? That. You're guilty of your own mediocrity. Well, nothing wrong with that. Whoa. <laughs> hey, I loved it. I'm on the ass end of my 23-year mediocre career here. Pack nine, Just trying Chicago. to fool him for another year. That's it. Pack nine. Uh, back nine. Pack nine. You, you know who I had a lot of feuds with here at this oh, radio station? I think I'm on the 15th. Are you Bruce Levine. Oh, yeah, Bruce. Yeah. Oh, Bruce and I used to bicker yeah. all oh. the time. Well, That's and, true. And remember, Sylvie made, uh, uh, Sylvie, uh, no, no, Harry made your career. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> Harry and I would bicker. <laughs> Bruce and I would bicker. That yeah, was fun. <laughs> you Kevin guys would go at each other. <laughs> that was good. I don't think that one was ever so. Uh, we're getting the break sign. Uh, you're, do you want Jesse today? Uh, for what? I'm being asked by the guys if we oh, want Jesse. Is he breaking news? Finally, you guys are basically done too now. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I, I was going to say, is this an uninterrupted show? Two to six. Jesse, Jesse can go on We're two to go six. Two hours. On I'm sure Carmen and Cap will want. Yeah, they're going to yeah. need him. <laughs> Black, they're 100. They're going to need him. Black versus Murph. They're going to need a buffer in there well, somewhere. I, I don't think that was hey. quite a fight. One, one dude's just a hey. bad dude. That's what it is. Who was? You know it, Mike Murphy. Yeah. Oh, okay. You guys had to work with him, right? Oh, yeah, the worst. Absolutely. Jonathan knows. I do. <laughs> Absolute worst, yeah. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. And on that note, let's keep moving. And that note, forward momentum. Here we go. I'll be back for a one-minute segment. <laughs> Close it out. <laughs> You're listening to Spring Trading Tuesday on ESPN Chicago. This is Spring Trading Tuesday. Same lovable ESPN Chicago hosts, but paired with different radio partners. How are we going to work this? Same way we always do. I interrogate him, you write it down. Spring Trading Tuesday continues on ESPN Chicago. All right, here go the easiest segment of the day right here. I you love it. Me. I love it. Black and Yurko, it's spring trading here on ESPN 1000 today. We will take you until 2 o'clock, and then we'll cross-talk with Carmen and Cap. And then we'll have uh, Tyler and Meller tonight at 6. Carmen and Cap will uh, switch it up with the spring trading coming up after us. But Yurko, what do we have planned? We have some quarterback conversation where Justin Fields would rank compared right. to the quarterbacks that we have this year in the draft. The top four quarterbacks that are coming out in this draft, we're going to rank them. We're going to get a feeling of what their strengths and their weaknesses are and how they compare to our guy, Justin Fields. Not coming out of college right now. Right today, now. Today. Right now for Bears fans. So we are going to talk football with you coming up football. next. You're listening to Spring Trading Tuesday on ESPN Chicago. 
This is Spring Trading Tuesday. Same lovable ESPN Chicago host, but paired with different radio partners. Spring Trading Tuesday continues on ESPN Chicago. Today here on ESPN 1000, all the hosts at the station were thrown into a hat. Danny Zerman pulled out combinations for shows. Black and Yurko from noon to two right here on ESPN 1000. Yurko, you're on a, this is a home game for you. This is the Carmen and Yurko time slot. This is so. the 12 to 2, 25 hour that I so love. Boom. That absolutely. I so embraced ever since April 4th, 2020, 2022, when we were moved here. Yeah, absolutely. I've embraced this time slot. Yes, you have. Carmen and I have made it our own. Thrived. We thrived. It is the, the way I Live, would thrive and survive for absolutely. everybody that gets out for a little bit of lunch. They get a chance to catch Carmen and I making magic happen on the radio. And then, uh, Black and Abdallah, we're, we're usually here with you guys as well, yeah, producing you, the you, show. When you're not, um, you know, the flexibility that you guys have when you're not working 10 to 12, we got sure. you. And then you guys are working 6 to 8 at night. So it's not unusual for the two of us to be right. uh, talking in this spot, which exactly. is great. A little spring training, uh, trading here on ESPN 1000. So, Yurko, uh, when we look at the NFL draft, the combine uh, ended over the weekend. And I want to know from you if Justin Fields is better than any of the players at the top of the board for the first pick in the draft. Because I I think when we look at leverage and what Ryan Poles has in front of him, I think a part of the conversation is knowing what teams need to move up to make a move, but also what are they moving up for? And I think that's an important place to start. When we look at Justin Fields and we compare him to a Bryce Young, to a Will Levis, to C.J. Stroud, or an Anthony Richardson, how does Justin Fields compare to these guys that we just saw at the Combine over the weekend? I think it's easy to say right now with two years of experience in the league that uh, Justin Fields would be the most advanced out of all these prospects that you've got coming into the league right now. I think the focus then goes back to who do I think is the best quarterback coming out in, in the draft coming up? And I think ultimately the way it ends, not the way they're going to get drafted, right? but ultimately in the way things are going to end, I think C.J. Stroud's your best quarterback. Anthony Richardson's your second best quarterback. Your third best quarterback is Will Levis. And Bryce Young will be your fourth best quarterback that comes out of this draft. Now that's a headline-grabbing statement. And I know that you're not saying it to uh, cause a reaction. No, I'm not. You were breaking down the film earlier today. And and so let's talk about Bryce Young. the only thing that Bryce Young participated in at the combine were the measurements. He he came in at five ten, and he was two hundred and four pounds. Uh, what are the concerns that you see from Bryce Young to say that well, at the end of the day right. he's going to be last out of the group of four well, that we four, see? Being a fourth out of four sometimes is not a bad thing. If you came out in the eighty three draft and you were fourth out of four, you weren't that you know that bad. Sure. The only guy that had the problem there was Ken O'Brien that had a decent career with the yeah, New York he was Jets. Okay. But didn't exactly Not flourish compared famous. to some of the other quarterbacks yeah. who came out in the 83 draft. Uh, the only thing he participated in the measurables at the combine weren't very impressive. 5'10 is not impressive. Right. You know, your list of short quarterbacks that have been exceptional in this league, Doug Flutie, Fran Tarkington, Eddie LeBaron. I'll go back to Eddie LeBaron with the Dallas Texans. I mean, short quarterbacks don't necessarily have a long shelf life in this league. Short, not big quarterbacks. Right. 
weight-wise. You know, if you want to say right. Drew Brees was short, okay, I'll give you – if you want to say Drew Brees, Drew Brees was successful. Drew Brees was 6'1". Drew Brees. That's three inches. Those Russell three inches. Wilson. It's like, is there a difference between 6'1 and 6'4"? Yeah, there you absolutely is. You bet your sweet Aiken yeah. Panachkis there's a difference. 100%. Right, so a little bit light. So that would be my area of concern. It would be such a gigantic area of concern for me that I wouldn't be able to take him with the first pick. I would wait a while. And if he slid down the charts, then I'd say, okay, let me give him a try. So when you look at I'm not going to say he's going to be a failure. I'm just right. saying of the four quarterbacks, that's the way I look at it. Right. And when, when I watched Bryce Young last year at Alabama, he was the best quarterback on the field in, in college football. So, so when you, and, and I know that uh, Caleb Williams won the Heisman, but Bryce Young was a better quarterback. Bryce, Caleb Williams was running, he was doing all kinds of things. The thing that I saw that was so impressive of Young at Alabama was his ability to stand in the pocket and pass down the football field. Now, we can look at the weapons and the protection that he has at Alabama and compare that to other situations or what he'll see in the pros. But when you watch Bryce Young on tape, what do you see that tells you that maybe this is right. not going to be as elite as so it appears? So, of the arm strength of the quarterbacks, of the arm strength of the quarterbacks, his his arm strength would rank as the fourth of the four quarterbacks. Okay, they would. He would. Yeah, he doesn't have the arm strength these guys do. Well, you know, he gets uh, you know credit on the intangibles, maybe the ability to read defenses a little bit better now coming out. But can he read the defenses the way Patrick Mahomes was when he was coming out? Nobody read the defense the way Mahomes did because Mahomes did it naturally. Right. Mahomes didn't even know what the hell he was looking at, but Mahomes could see it all. Like a shaman. He could see it all. Okay? And then it got explained to him. Right. Okay? The size problem that you're going to have with Bryce Young is a legitimate, and it's a real problem as you move forward. A lot of people have talked about that. Now, I don't need a lot of people to talk about it. I just know that it is a legitimate problem. Okay? As far as his ability to get the ball out to where it needed to get to, he, he was good. He was nifty in the pocket. He ran when he had to. Okay? It's fine. Uh, as I look at the other guys, Will Levis is nifty in the pocket. Will Levis has got a quick release. Anthony Richardson's got a longer release. You know, takes him a little bit more time for the windup and the throw. Like a Randall Cunningham-like quarterback. Randall had that big windup and eventually got rid of the ball. But Randall was a very good quarterback. Sure, he was. Nobody would ever cry about Randall Cunningham. No. You told me I can get Randall Cunningham in right. his prime as my quarterback. I'd sign up for that and say absolutely yes. I, I would say the, the thing with Anthony Richardson, and, and if you come off of the weekend, all the hype was about Richardson and his athleticism, the the measurables that we saw from the quarterback from Florida. I would say you're right on that. Um, Randall Cunningham is like, that. that's a good way of it working out, but isn't Jamarcus Russell the other side of that, where Russell had the big arm and some of the measurables, they'd say, oh, that's a quarterback that could be in the pocket, who could withstand the beating of an NFL game. Jamarcus Russell was a terrible quarterback. And I think that's where we see a guy like Richardson, where during play on the field at Florida, his completion percentage was so low compared to these other guys. That's the thing I continue to point to as a major concern. Well, 53% the, the area, in college right. is pretty bad when all teams are throwing, it's spread uh, passing game, and, and you have the ability with talented wide receivers to always have someone available almost on every single play. To me, 53% is pretty uh, noteworthy. A big arm, sometimes the touch is, is not there with Anthony Richardson. Right. Big arm, then, then, then you got to watch the touch. Another thing is, but he got better as the year went on. 
So he would drop back, and if they played uh, coverage that was uh, disguised, and then they popped into something else, mm-hmm. he was quick to give up on the play and get the hell out of there. Quick to get up, give up on it. As time went on, as the season went on, he got a little bit better at it, where he could sit in the pocket, say, okay, it's not what I thought it was. Now let me go find a receiver that's open. And he did that better as the year went on. So you saw a kid that was learning as time was going on. Okay, Will Levis could sit there with a the quick throw and a quick release. Will Levis could sit there, get there, buy himself some time in the pocket, get somewhere, and be able to get rid of the football and have a decent throw. So, you know, Will Levis, I said C.J. Stroud, yep. Richardson, Will Levis, and then um, my guy Bryce Young, third. So explain to uh, the listener why, what do you see in Stroud that is so um, appealing to you to say that this would be the number one guy on my board? I think Stroud gives you the best of everybody, and he's a legitimate size guy. Yeah, the he best of everybody. I think he's comes a, in at 6'3", 214. Yeah, I think he's athletic. I think, um, you know, he played at the, at the high level, played against great competition. Sure. Um, can read defenses, is nifty in the pocket, uh, can slip and slide find areas and is athletic enough to make something out of nothing right and of those guys that can make something out of nothing i think he's the better of the quarterbacks and i think he's got not the elite arm strength that the other two guys have but he's got zip on his ball and he can definitely fire the football stable he seems stable yes and and i feel like um in this you know moment people are are always looking for the overhype or they're looking for the next great player the next mahomes but to me cj stroud is a safe bet if you're if you're drafting and you want a guy that's going to turn into a a franchise-level quarterback for a long, extended period of time that may not be the best quarterback in football, but, one, but he'll be uh, right. really good for of a long time. It doesn't have the highest ceiling. Right. I don't know if he's got the highest ceiling of the four guys that are coming out right now, sure. but he's got a high enough ceiling, and I think he's closest to that ceiling. And he's stable. And, right. and that's I think what you're that, talking about, your stability. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's the, the key security with, with C.J. Stroud. Now, now, as we put this into the context of the Chicago Bears into why they're not looking for a quarterback right now, it's because of what we're seeing from these guys based on the size of Young, the stability of C.J. Stroud, but maybe not the ceiling. Uh, Anthony Richardson, that's going to be a project. Will Levis, not sure if that is at the elite level that we're looking for. Basically, what I'm hearing from you is that what the Bears have in Justin Fields is the best prospect in comparison to what we have on the table at the top of the draft. Obviously, Because what he struggles at, most of these quarterbacks do struggle at. Sure. And now they're coming to the next level where the speed picks up. You've got two years of experience with your quarterback. Right. Okay. You've got two years of him seeing the speed at the NFL level. You've got a year with him with Luke Getzey, and Luke Getzey's going to be back next year. Anybody that thought Luke Getzey was going to get a job after year one, hey, he went and said, <laughs> I, I got this. This is my quarterback. He's developing. Now we've got to find a way to be successful. Let's create some things that we can be successful at. I don't care what Justin Fields did in college. He's not in college. He's at the professional level. We've got to find a way for him to become successful. And then you've got to look at the talent around him. As the talent gets better around him, I believe Justin Fields gets better also. And I saw enough uh, enough growth in him last year where I know what he's starting to see and what he's starting to look like, look like. I mean, look at. And then he's willing to pull the trigger a couple of times. As long as the willingness to pull the trigger is going to be there, I think he'll be in in good shape. And he's still a quarterback that's got the skill to make something out of nothing. 
Yeah. And you've got to have that skill. You've got to be able to make something out of nothing. The same way Patrick Mahomes did it in the Super Bowl, he made something out of nothing when he scrambled, got himself 30-some-odd yards, put him in a position where they can go ahead and kick that field goal to win the Super Bowl. You've got to be able you got to be a quarterback to make something out of nothing. What do you think of that? Yurko says that Bryce Young, out of the four quarterbacks coming out this year, that he would rank Bryce Young fourth on the list. 312-332-3776. Black and Yurko. You're listening to Spring Trading Tuesday on ESPN Chicago. This is Spring Trading Tuesday. Same lovable ESPN Chicago host, but paired with different radio partners. Spring Trading Tuesday continues on ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000 in the ESPN Chicago app. You can join us today at 312-332-3776. We're talking quarterbacks. Top of the draft, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and then also comparing those players to Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback that we have for our future. Tim in Elk Grove Village, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tim? Timmy. Hey, guys. Hey, I just want to make a quick point. Um, we, we always talk about these big arm guys, and I just don't see the significance overall. I mean, take the guy with the best arm in football, compare him to the guy with the weakest arm in football. I, you know, How many times are you throwing it down the field? What's the real difference there? And I understand that it opens up play calling for the rest of the game and the rest of the areas, but does it really matter if they aren't completing their passes, if they're not making the proper reads? I just want to get your guys' take on that. Uh, I, it's definitely I, Personally, I just yeah. think it's overrated. I got you. But, Timmy, yeah. uh, it's, it's certainly a, de- a delicate balance to be able to know where to go with the football and then what type of throw you need to make to get it there. Sure. You know, sometimes you need to put air under a ball to be able to pop pop it in between two play, you know, two defenders. you got to be able to put a little air under the ball. Jalen Hurts did that in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Put a little air under the ball, got it over the corner that was coming back off of being a flat coverage guy, and got it there in enough time where the safety couldn't come over and make the play on the sideline. Okay? So, yeah, it's a delicate balance. I don't agree with you. But every once in a while, you gotta you got to rear back and you got to hork that ball in there. you got to fire it in there with a little bit of heat on the right shoulder, you know, right or left shoulder, but the yeah. correct shoulder – so that ball's away from the defender so you can move and get him away from the defender so he can make that throw. You've got to be able to put a little juice on the ball every once in a while, and your receiver's got to be able to come down with it. You know, when I, I think of the, the perfect... A, it, but it is a delicate balance. The perfect combination is having both, right? You've got to have it, though. The smarts, the moxie, and then the athletic ability to get it done. When I say, who's the quarterback that has both, the first name that pops into my head would be Patrick Mahomes. I would then say Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, aren't those the marquee individuals that they have the smarts, they also have the athletic ability to escape the pocket, but also to uh, turn the hips and fire if they have to. To be evasive enough to buy themselves some more time in the pocket. Joe Burrow, I'd put in that list of guys, too. Your AFC is loaded with guys that are doing that. I feel like Josh Allen is developing into that. He's not as much of a uh, stand and wait and throw type of guy. Not as silky. And and Yurko, when I look at Tom Brady, early in Brady's career, he was not that. 
He was all moxie and not the athletic ability and the, the, the tremendous. What he had arm. was tremendous accuracy. Absolutely, tremendous accuracy. Over time, though, at the end of his career, he had an incredible arm and his ability to fire on a moment's notice. Plus, with the moxie, thus he is such a great quarterback. And I, I think that's where uh, a scout's eye, uh, someone who played like you, looking at players to try and figure out whether or not they can add the second piece. It's like, what can you, what is easier to acquire? The athletic ability later or having the wherewithal in the pocket to be able to uh, handle it mentally? That's what's interesting. The the mental wherewithal and the ability to handle all the information and then the know-how on where the ball needs to go. Right. Well, that's obviously important. You've got to have the physical tools. You know, and that's why I told Tim earlier, I said, it's hand in hand. I go, it's not one or the other, it's both. But if you don't have the ability to rifle a ball in there and in, in, a, in a muddied pocket, when you're on the move, the arm strength is even more important. Okay, Because if you don't have the arm strength, when you're moving right or you're moving left and then you've got to fire off a non-stable uh, you know, footwork and, and ground, you still got to be able to fire the ball and get it downfield. That's why arm strength is important. You know, everybody can sit in a clean pocket and make something happen with football. A lot of people can do that. But when you're you're getting pressured and you're moving to your left and you're sliding and now you got to chuck the ball downfield, it's the arm strength that makes the difference usually on the ball getting there or the ball not being there quite in time and being intercepted, being tipped, being incomplete. That's me, why arm strength's important. To me, the better the arm strength allows the timing mechanism of the mental side of the game to be even shorter. Right, the the decision making of I think this is going to happen, I have to get it out this quickly. If you have a better arm, if you have the arm talent, you can wait longer in that decision making process to then throw the football, right? Like your thinking happens pre snap. Sure. Your reacting happens the rest of the way. So your thinking's pre snap. Now you react to what you see. And that's where Justin Fields got ca- caught up in his right. rookie year, right? Like the, the thinking and the, the process of trying to figure out what was in front if, of him was taking the, place during right. the play. If you're taking the snap and you're still thinking, you've got a problem. Absolutely. When you take the snap, you're reacting to everything that you see. All the thinking happened before you took the snap. Now you're reacting to what you see, and you're getting rid of the football to the open guy. Because the defense is now moving, and they're telling you, we gave you this. Now we're moving to this. Now what are you doing? I'm reacting to what I see. I'm reacting to see a safety bail right. from looking like he's the eighth guy in the box coming back to playing an inverted cover too. Right? That's what I've got to see. I've got to be able to know that. And I'm reacting to what he's doing. Okay, this is where I've got to go with the football. And I feel like what we saw last season with Justin Fields is Luke Getze figured that out. Right? Because he went from a quarterback who had the ability to think on his feet Plus, know what's going on pre-snap better than anyone else in football. And then he had the athletic ability to bail himself out of situations, even if he was wrong about what he thought in Aaron Rodgers, to a quarterback that needed to be and helped. Now, right? And like yeah. it felt like halfway through last season, Getze and Fields were on the same page in trying to figure out what you need to look at pre-snap. Here's how to execute. Now just go do what you do athletically and allow your... And- all these quarterbacks now will become a victim of where they go. Okay, either you're going to go to a place that's. I mean, Indianapolis might be a rosy little place to to land. You know, if they can find themselves another maybe a weapon on the offensive side of the football. 
but I wouldn't think that Indianapolis would be a bad place to land. Um, you know, in looking at some places, you can go Houston. Houston's not expected, I think, to win right away. I think you get a little bit of uh, a cushion there to win. Indianapolis, I think they expect you to win a little bit quicker than they would elsewhere. Tennessee, if you went to Tennessee, I think they'd want you. They've won in the past. They were 7-3 and three last year before they lost seven games in a row to finish 7-10. and 10. So I think Mike Vrabel would be of the want to want to win a little bit quicker than most. So you, sometimes you're a victim of where you go and the talent that you get. I'll offer you Justin Fields is a little bit of a victim being here in Chicago sure. with the strip down. And now, okay, I'm a quarterback playing, but at least the offense looked like it was they were, they'd score some points. They put some points on the board. Looked like they're now they got to learn how to win, and they're going to be in pretty good shape. There, there's a team specifically that's in the news today because they're still searching for a quarterback. Based on what you just said right there, I totally believe that if Justin Fields was a New York Jet, that Jets team, he would be a better quarterback. Oh, yes, than and what that they would have be out a there. team yes. than what they had. Justin Fields can make the New York Jets a much more viable offense. Exactly. Yes. And uh, let's talk about the Jets because they're in the news. Black and Yurko will be back in two minutes. You're listening to Spring Trading Tuesday on ESPN Chicago.